Yes, I'm Eric Wabra with SciTech NorCal, SciTech Oregon. We're a Trimble agricultural dealer on the uh, West Coast. Uh, I've been, I'm our current sales manager uh, for our ag segment. And um, uh, I have uh, employees both in California and Oregon uh, selling and supporting uh, Trimble products. And I've been dealing with precision ag in multiple um, aspects for about 20 years. Excellent. And then we have Glenn Goshi. Glenn, tell me about you and, and your farm. So I'm Glenn Goshi with a brother and sister. I operate a family farm near Silverton, Oregon. Um, about a thousand acres. Uh, most of that is devoted to hops for the brewing industry and grapes for the wine industry. Uh, we also do some small grains, specialty seeds, and forage production. Um, very labor intensive, uh, but a long history uh, here on the farm. Excellent. I know my husband probably drinks a lot of the beer you guys produce hops for. So <laughs> those IPAs. <laughs> Yeah, we, we would just ask him to double his consumption. I will do that, certainly, yes. And Kevin, you work with Glenn, correct? Yes, uh, I've been working on the farm for about uh, six years or so, and um, I've managed a few different operations uh, throughout the year. All right, so jumping kind of into the meat of the podcast here, the ag industry is rooted in traditions. So changing the way things are done can be tough, especially when the next generation is involved in the farm business. So what advice do you have for those wanting to bring technology or add technology to the operation? And Glenn, you've probably been through this already with, you know, having such a long tradition in the history of your farm. I, I would say that each operation has to do what is comfortable for them. And, and sometimes it does take a generational change to be willing to, to take on new technology or new ideas. Uh, I would suggest that people do as much research as they can uh, and especially research people that are close to them doing with similar operations uh, and see what has worked or not worked for them uh, and then go into it small and expand from there. Uh, so many times on, on new technology, it's not like buying a piece of equipment. You know, a piece of equipment, you buy it. Uh, if you're not satisfied, you make a different choice at your next purchase. Uh, so many times in technology, you're, you're marrying into a system and so uh, if it doesn't work, you have to face the fact, you know, do we invest more and try to make this work or do we go a different direction? Uh, and so that's why I would advise people to tread lightly and, and see what they can find out. And, you know, treading lightly sometimes is, is more like treading on glass, <laughs> especially when you're dealing with older generations in this. Uh, very true. And, 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 of course, you know, everyone wants to advance their operation, but sometimes uh, you being the one on the cutting edge is not the easiest place to be. So uh, that's why I, I try to rely on other people that have tried things uh, and have had success or, or failures and try to learn from those. So you have a strong background in agronomics, specifically in drip irrigation and moisture management, but hardware deployment is relatively new. So I'm, I'm assuming the drip irrigation and moisture management was important for the hops and for the vineyard. Um, what have you added in the hardware deployment area? Well, mainly changing from sprinkler irrigation to uh, drip irrigation was a big change. And then uh, the, the deployment of the hardware is the controlling of those systems. 
because they have to run at all different times of day and night for different lengths of time. Uh, we have to monitor the moisture that's being applied. You know, are we applying enough? Are we not applying enough? What are the weather conditions? Uh, all, all sorts of things like that. And so uh, I think technology is one way that uh, we certainly, we try to save labor and become more efficient, but we also use it to reduce risk. Uh, we take some of the guesswork out of things because we can actually see what's going on every, every hour of the day. So what was your thought process when you decided to jump into um, more, more precision technology? Really, that started uh, many years ago, and, and Eric was there at the, the beginning. Uh, the advantage of having Eric there was that uh, he has family that's involved in farming. Uh, he's done a lot of farming himself. And so to take this technology and apply it uh, sometimes looks great on paper, but turns out to not be practical. But Eric had the, had the real life experience to know what would work and what wouldn't. And so our first uh, delve into precision farming was actually nutrient management. You know, like much of farming up until that point, our nutrient management was taking soil samples from a, uh, the whole field, um, and making an aggregate sample and, and calling it average and the whole field got treated according to the average. Uh, with precision farming and Eric's help, we got started on doing one acre grid sampling uh, and become much, much better at that over the years. And when it came to the variable rate technology as far as applying, uh, Eric was, was very helpful in, in saying, can we do this? And, and he made it happen. So it all kind of started there and then, and then went on. Eric, what was your thought process in putting all this together for Goshi Farms? Uh, quite honestly, I was uh, I was kind of happy to to have a guinea pig um, initially. <laughs> uh, you know, it, twenty years ago we were we were on the you know cutting edge floor uh, really, um, and in. Glenn in the cropping systems that that he and his family have um, are are very cost intensive, and so uh, utilizing their dollar to the best of their ability was was uh, was an opportunity to to really deploy the the product and the and the uh, the technology. Um, you know, as Glenn mentioned, I have I have some history in in farming and and such and. And what it allowed me to do was was keep the practical um, sense to to the effort, and um, really, you know, the goal that I've always had is to to be as co uh, consultative in the process. And just because I sell a certain product doesn't always mean that's the product that that I think is going to be the best fit for the for the end user. And and uh, you know, as Glenn mentioned as well, is that uh, technology is once you start in start down a line of, of a certain manufacturer or something of, of those 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 uh, those lines then then you're kind of tied to it and it could be a, a decent financial investment again to change out and so um, really it's just been a goal to to be as consultative as possible and uh, really the efforts uh, um, are rewarded with the with the sale on this particular farm, you've got hops, you've got grapes. Those are two very different crops. So um, talk about the, the challenges in adding precision technology into such two, into, 
I can't think. It's too late for me in the evening. And into such two diverse cropping systems. Well, I I would say that um, you know a lot of this technology is always uh, viewed as as a Midwest or a large um, you know corn and soybean operation, and and the fact is is that uh, the technology that we're using can be utilized across the permanent crops. Um, Goshi's, for instance, uh, smaller tractors, smaller sprayers, but the technology is literally the same. It doesn't matter if we're out spraying a, a, a corn field or a, or a hop field or a vineyard. Um, we, we literally are using the exact same equipment um, across all those platforms. It's just a matter of, of adapting it and configuring it to the, the specific situation. All right, I, we're going to take our first break here. They will be, there will be two breaks during the podcast. And um, uh, Glenn and Kevin, I think we'll talk about any other uh, innovative ways that you guys are using the technology when, when we come back from here. So, okay. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk about more ways that you can use. Let me do that again. When we come back, we'll talk about more ways you can use precision ag technology beside the typical applications. Stay tuned. Okay. All righty, and that's our first break. And I'm going to come back here to, to Glenn and Kevin. Uh, Glenn and Kevin, either one of you, um, how are you using the technology for more than just common row farming, for, for instance, for the hops? Well, the site tech equipment has been able to allow us to spray uh, our hops with much greater efficiency. Um, with a comparison with row cropping, uh, you might have a sprayer that's got 90 foot booms and they can make just a few passes through a, a yard and be able to finish it pretty quickly. Well, in hops, we were working on a 15 foot row and it takes several more passes to get over that acreage. So any efficiency you can really gain um, as well as accuracy and taking that out to even precision over the entire farm, making everything um, or having everything receive the same application rate. Um, it's, it just brings the efficiency up so much. And um, it's just been really, really great for me. <laughs> it saves me quite a bit of time as far as calibrating um, sprayers where, you know, the time and, pressure and ground speed are all, you know, it's, it's, it's all using those, uh, well, it's, yes, using time pressure and ground speed, but um, now it's flow rate controlled with a computer. So it's accurate, very, very accurate. Especially when people think about, you know, like you mentioned earlier, the, the typical row crop farmers of the Midwest, when you have a vineyard and hops you really you really need precision in your precision technology yeah both kevin and eric commented on on our row spacing and and that really is a challenge because it doesn't matter how much power you give us uh we do everything 10 or 15 feet at a time and so in being efficient and making the most of that and, and really our ultimate goal is to uh, of course be more efficient financially but also be good stewards of the land, uh, produce a quality product that our end consumer has faith in. 
So all of these things help with that. You know, we can reassure people, we can show them, you know, our records that show where, where a chemical was applied, uh, how it was applied, that it was not over applied. And so all those things are important because uh, more and more we have a connection to the public more than we ever had before. And so everything we can do to show them our efforts uh, helps in, in many ways. So uh, talk about how important it was, Glenn, for you to find a dealer that you trusted for you to implement all this technology. Oh, it's very important. I mean, it doesn't matter whether it's technology or, or uh, a truck or a tractor or what it is, you know, a dealer, uh, anybody can make the sale, but it's after the sale and having that support uh, afterwards and having them <clears throat> not just a vendor to your operation, but more of a partner is to me is very important. That comes way ahead of price or anything else. So like I said, with Eric's experience in farming himself, uh, actually being in the field, actually operating the equipment, uh, it, it means so much more and, and ties things together that it was uh, great to have him. And like I say, that's, that's a working relationship that started years ago and has just developed over time. And Eric, talk about the process of how your dealership works with farmers to make sure they have exactly what they want and what they need, especially when they're beginning to incorporate precision ag on their farm. Yeah, so as I mentioned earlier, um, really the way that I, I like to coach uh, my team and, and uh, the moral of the story is, is really go about it as a, as a consultative process. Um, listen to listen to the needs of the, the grower. What are some pain points? Um, and let's let's start to address and see if we can help solve one to two of those initially. And from there, uh, start to build. Um, you know, uh, technology is addictive. Uh, any of us that have been, uh, uh, you know, the iPhone is a good example. Everybody wants the newest one. And and what it comes down to is its feature sets and capability. Um, you know, uh, when I first started with uh, with um, Precision Ag, you know, we were doing the variable rate uh, fertilizer and, and soil amendments with Glenn, and it migrated into auto steer. You know, um, and amazingly enough, we're now back to um, the the fertilizer and soil amendments, which were so hard, but everybody started to see the path. And, and understanding what they could start to, to do and achieve by the technology they were investing in. And um, so it's just, we, we, try, to, we try to guide and, and take uh, as big a steps as possible without overwhelming the, the customer and the end user um, and, and really just, just listen and, and, you know, as Glenn mentioned, and I know it can, it can be, overused but truly we have to become partners with each other um and that 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 statement is is more true in in our world and um it, we have to be trusted advisors to to uh, achieve the end result that the customer needs and spend their dollar wisely okay we're going to take our second break here um i don't actually have any more questions for you guys you're very you're very succinct and to the point i like that um but is there anything else any of you would like to discuss that we can come back out of the second break with? 
my, my thought would be that I would caution people to, um, you know, be willing to try something. Uh, usually the biggest obstacle is, is the cost. Uh, and they have, and that certainly is a, a challenge they have to be aware of. Okay. Um, the other, the other thing is I think people have in some cases tried precision agriculture and didn't get overnight success. And so they walked away from it. And All so, right. uh, it, it didn't um, take time. Hang on to that thought. I'm going to bring us into a break. Then you can come back out. We'll come back out and, and talk yeah. about that again. So, um, when we come back, Glenn is going to talk about, Glenn is going to have some advice for those who are thinking about adding precision ag into their operations. Stay tuned. Okay, and there's that break there. Um, Glenn, give us some examples of, um, give us some advice on what you would have farmers do when they're considering adding precision ag technology, things they should do, things they shouldn't do, things they should consider. Uh, I would just say that, you know, uh, proceed with caution is probably the best word of advice. You know, do your research, uh, both uh, technology and, and, and your neighbor uh, can be a great resource. Uh, and the other thing is, I think people get scared of precision agriculture many times because of the cost, you know, and that certainly is a challenge. You know, you, you see those dollars being spent, but are we going to see return? The other thing I would caution people is that, uh, especially on something like nutrient management, uh, the results are not overnight. You know, so when we started doing uh, nutrient management using grid sampling, we had different soil types and different nutrient levels in a single field all over the board. Uh, did we bring everything up to one point? Uh, we certainly did not, and we certainly still have not. But each time we do that, we shorten that range uh, from the low to the high. And so uh, although the soil wants to revert back we're getting closer, we're getting more uniform yields, we're getting better plant life. And so it's, it's a, a long process that you just have to invest in. Anybody else? Any other thoughts? It's hard to beat his logic. <laughs> yes, and I, I will promise you, Glenn, that we will be watching for those hops in the beer that we consume here in the near future, so. Anyway, well, thank you very much. That's uh, Glenn Goshi, Kevin McCurdy, and Eric Wavra. Thank you for joining us on this successful farming podcast today. Thank you. Okay. Great. Good job, guys. Thank you. Thank you very you much. You think you have you can use? <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I go through and edit. I tell people, you know, if you need to swear or anything like that, go ahead. I'll just take it out later. You know, stuff like that. So <laughs> That opens up a whole new dialogue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes the host needs to uh, take her own advice. Um, but uh, yeah, no, good job. And I um, appreciate you guys again taking part in this and uh, the podcasts, all four of them are going to launch on, there are four, four Trimble podcasts. They're going to launch on September 15th, and uh, you'll be able to catch them on agriculture.com to begin with, and they'll be on YouTube and yeah, I don't know, all, all those channels that we put them up on. So, um, but great. Thanks again, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks everybody. Thank okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.